Hallelujah. Well, I want to, um, not that he needs any introduction, but it just gives me an opportunity to brag on my staff when they come and preach. And Pastor Alex is a very dear friend of mine and, and the Betzel family, his, his mom and his sisters, his brother, and his dad, who's gone on to be with the Lord, was one of my very dear friends. And, and this is a great, this is a great man of God. And he has wisdom that's beyond his, beyond his years. And that wisdom is going to grow, Pastor Alex. It's going to increase. I see the wisdom of your father in you. I see the wisdom of your mother, a unique gifting of the two. But I see the wisdom of God, which is above all that. He's our youth pastor. He's been our worship leader and pastor. And he's over our King School of Ministry. Great family, Shelby, great wife, beautiful baby, tremendous. God sent, God loves us so much, he sent us to Betzels. Now, I, I really mean that. That's really true. Please put your best hand clap together for Pastor Allen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Mike, can you flip those lights on? <laughs> I like mood lighting too, but I also want to stay awake while I preach, you know, so I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Anybody get a nap this afternoon? Oh my goodness. I got a nap. I got up and I wanted to go back to my nap. Anybody else? Come on. I was like, whoa, Jesus. Somebody hit me with a club ran me over with a bus or something those those naps where you're just like you wake up and you wonder who you are you know like, who am i you know praise the lord <laughs> go to luke chapter 10 um i like this passage of scripture it's been a great reminder for me over the years and just want to share it with you tonight. I'm sure it's a reminder for many of you as well. Um, but we're going to go to Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. And I, it's our custom to stand. And I know he had you sit down, but let's stand for the reading of the word. And uh, we're going to get into it. Since Pastor Daniel likes to be symmetrical here, we just need to line this pulpit up down the center aisle. Praise the Lord. All right. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Verse 38. Mary and Martha, come on. Verse 38, let's read. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, he being Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was dis distracted. Martha was what? She was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Yikes, telling Jesus what to do. I just lost my, where am I at here? Thank you. 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. 
and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, tonight for this service. God, I thank you for the time of worship and the time of ministering, Lord. And we just thank you for your presence in this place. Come on, just ask the Lord to speak to you all across this place. Father, we don't want to come to this time, Lord, and just do it out of religiosity, Lord, but we want to come and hear from you. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear today, Lord, and that is from your hand. And we just thank you today, Lord. Let our hearts be open, be a, a, a tilled garden ready for you to plant the seed of the word that it might bear fruit in our lives. I just thank you, Lord, tonight for each person that's here. I just remove every distraction in the name of Jesus, and we just declare clarity and peace in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Anybody not like to uh, ride on airplanes? Anybody never? Anybody in here has never been on an airplane? Believe it or not, there's there's people that haven't done. But anyway, when I was uh, when I was younger, my parents um well we travel a lot and we we take vacations periodically. But one thing I got to do when I was a kid was um my my mom and dad would send me to Indiana, and I would go and hang out with my grandparents, my my grandma and and her husband, and they were pastors of a church. Well, I had this. Um, thing in my my legs, which is pretty common. Your kids might have, or you might have had. It's called Osgood Slaughter's disease. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like this bump right below your kneecap, and like causes um, pain sometimes when you sit in one place for a long time, or when you do activities like sports and stuff. And I was really into sports, baseball, and and all kinds of different things. Would really active, but I would go on airplanes, okay? And um, I would travel alone, so my mom would like send me with. Uh, I don't know what it's called anymore. But they send the kid, you know, the stewardess escorts them, sits them down. Really creepy, okay? I mean, like, I'm in DFW all by myself, and I'm, like, on the cart, you know, with the guy, the annoying guy who's beep, 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 cart coming through. You know, that was me next to that guy. And uh, I would love it because the guy was, like, he was just fully in charge. And I do this, like, once a year, so I get to sit in DFW. I remember sitting in the, the little the kid room, the, the personal escort room, just sitting by myself. There's no music. There's nothing going on. I'm waiting for my next flight. And there's little kid toys. And I'm like 14. You know, come on. Hello. Somebody help me out. Anyway, I would travel in airplanes. And it was, it was one of those things. I don't know if it's, it is for you. But if you're in an airplane for a long time, you've got to find a good position. You know what I'm saying? Like, man. Some airplanes, they're just expanding your seat. Some are shrinking the seating. Some of them, like, the headrest just does this weird thing where, like, it doesn't, it doesn't help me, you know? Like, I fall, I fall asleep better when it's, like, all the way up and not reclined than I do when it reclines. I don't know something about it. I don't, I don't understand. You know, I got the, the headrest that pops up, the one that stays down, the one that folds out. You know, you got to find a good spot. You know, like, some people are bringing their own pillows, like, bringing a sleeping bag and, you know, not maybe a sleeping bag, but bringing a pillow so they can get comfortable because it's important, man. You're going to be flying for 7 to 9 to 15. You know, you're going to Europe maybe. It's long. It's uncomfortable. And for a kid who's like dealing with Osgood Slaughters, man, I always wanted to get up. But I had to like 
work stuff, like borrow a pillow for somebody so I can find a nice place, a comfortable place to, to sit. You guys know what I'm talking about? It can be really uncomfortable. You got to get up every 30 minutes because your legs are like, you know, for you tall people, God bless you, man. God bless you because you're like, you're like, my goodness, the person in front of you is feeling your kneecaps. You know what I'm saying? That's bad. But, you know, for me, I just could not sit still. That, 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 that issue that I had, it would cause me to have to get up like every 30 minutes. It was so uncomfortable. And, 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 and I was thinking about that. And it's kind of the, it's kind of, you, you got to learn to find your place. And for me, I know what it is, man. When I'm traveling and I know I'm going to do like an overnight, you know, a, a red eye or whatever, I'll like stay up on purpose or I know I got to get up early in the morning or whatever. I'll stay up late. That way I can wake up and sleep the whole way. Anybody like to sleep on the airplane, man? Like it's, it, it's like a, it's like time travel. You know what I'm saying? You go to sleep and you wake up and you're there and you're like, praise Jesus. I think, I think that should be in the Bible. Is that? It's a gift from God. You know what I'm saying? Get on an airplane, fall asleep when you're taking off, and wake up as you're landing. That's a gift from God. But you got to learn how to sit. And I was thinking about how to find a position. You know, in our Christianity, we have to learn to find a position before the Lord. We have to find how to sit before the Lord. We have to find a place that that is, it's not necessarily comfortable, but it's a place where we can find rest, we can find energizing, we can find um, restoration in our lives for the walk that God has called us to walk. And Martha is here. I love this story because it reminds me so much of myself. And you guys too, all right? No, I'm just joking. I'm just playing. No, but it reminds me a lot of myself. And in, in verse 38, Martha welcomed God into his house, welcomed Jesus into, into her house. And, and I, I really believe that every single one of us should have Jesus in our home. Can I hear an amen? We got to have Jesus in our home. It's good to have Jesus in your house. It's a good thing to spend time with Jesus in your home. Um, if you don't have time with Jesus in your house, you got to cultivate that. You got to make that a part of, of what you do. It's not a corporate Christianity. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. The only time that you seek God cannot just be in this building. It cannot just be at your small group leader's house. It's got to be in your house. You got you to spend time with Jesus. Get Jesus in your home. I think that we should, we should have times in our family where we're spending time with Jesus in our home. In verse 40, it says that Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, I, I, I love this story because it's like the sibling thing. You know, Pastor Daniel was talking about the sibling thing today. And man, I don't know, you guys just had issues with your siblings, but man, I got an older brother and that guy was a punk to me. You know what I'm saying? You're not online, I hope. Praise the Lord. I'm just joking. He'd probably be laughing if you heard me say that. Anyway, my brother used to like pick on me and stuff. And you know what I'd do? I was big and I would sit on him and he would scream like a girl. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like trying to fist fight with me and I would just sit on him and hold his arms down. You guys know what I'm talking about? I was a big boy. And he's like this skinny little twig. He was 14 years old shopping at Baby Gap. I'm not joking. <laughs> 14 years old, shopping at, okay, Kids Gap, okay, 14 years old, Kids Gap, and that is no exaggeration, I kid you not, one day, I was like, what store is he, oh my goodness, he just, he's like, yeah, I found a great jacket, I'm like, what, (laughs) baby, Kid Gap, are you kidding me, he was a twig, man, I would just sit on him, but you know, the sibling thing, it's real, man, it's real, some of you guys like, yeah, my children are dealing with that right now, yeah, I got one, praise the Lord, man, I used to throw rocks at my brother, he would make me so mad, 
what am I talking about? Praise the Lord. Martha was distracted. You know, it's important to find a posture before the Lord. It's important to find a place before the Lord. And Martha here, she is distracted by serving. And if you are not careful, the thing which you are doing to serve the Lord can become a distraction from the Lord. Let me say that again. The thing that you are doing to serve the Lord can become a distraction from the Lord. In other words, you can surrender to the task instead of surrendering to the one who gave you the task. Once you're consumed by the assignment instead of the assignment giver, you will begin to find your energy being sapped. You'll find yourself getting in a place where it's dry. It feels like nothing's happening because truly, we, we all must learn to serve for the Lord. There's no doubt about that. We all must learn to activate our faith and have expression in our faith. Come on, somebody. Have expression in your faith. But Martha here, she is completely distracted. This amazing moment where Jesus is in her house and she is completely distracted from the important thing so Mar- uh, Martha is serving being distracted um, honestly being distracted from sitting with the Lord will cause spiritual exhaustion if you are distracted from spending time with with Jesus if you don't have a place where you are and a time where you are being um, before the Lord, you're sitting before the Lord, you'll find yourself in spiritual exhaustion. Many people think that spiritual exhaustion comes from sin. No, it comes from serving and not being re-energized. As you can serve all day long, but if you don't get re-energized, see, we, we're broken bread and poured out wine for people all the time. We're, 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 we're pouring ourselves out. We're ministering the gospel. We're being a, you know, maybe you're a small group leader or you're a ministry, uh, you're working in a ministry, or maybe you're just in your job and you're serving people. If you don't find a place of re-energizing, you will not be the energizer, buddy, and keep on going. You will find yourself, you will not make it, man. You will just not continue. It just doesn't happen. Anybody know what I'm saying? Man, you just find yourself, you're just like, yeah, I got to serve the Lord. I got to get this thing done. And trust me, I am not, I'm not dissing it. I'm not downplaying serving the Lord because I believe every single person in the church should find a place to express their faith should find an avenue to express themselves. If you need help finding a place, we can help you. But everybody should have that. But if you don't find in your serving a place where you can just go and sit before Jesus, you will find yourself being like, man, why do I hate my life right now? Why do I feel like everything's just, ugh? You ever been there? We're just like... Man, I know what's right to do, but right now, I just do not want to do it. It's because you are sapped spiritually. And it comes from a place of not having that, that time with the Lord, that genuine time with the Lord, where you are drawing on His energy for your life. You're drawing on His inspiration for your walk. Man, and the tension is just building with Martha, man. She is in the kitchen. I I can just see her, man. She's like purposely dropping pans in the sink, making noise, hoping Mary is going to get the clue. Hello, it's time to serve Jesus. Come on, get up here. Hello, hello. You know, like she purposely let the bacon fry too long so the, you know, the smoke starts. Mary's thinking, what 
what's going on in the kitchen? Martha, the tension is just building. And Martha's like, we invited Jesus into this place. And she's sitting down and doing nothing. She won't even go scrub the toilet. She's just sitting there. So Martha's just had it, man. She just had it. She finally just goes and approaches Jesus. And you see this. You see this. She approaches Jesus and she says, God, what's going on here? Look, look at, look at the passage there. Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Lord, how come I have to lead this small group and no one else is leading a small group? How come I got to sing on stage and no one else is singing on stage? Jesus! How come I got to have this difficulty in my marriage? How come I got to have these issues? How come I got 15 children? Come on, Jesus! Autos, I'm not preaching to you. I'm just... And she comes before the Lord, man, and she is, she's complaining. I think we've all had those moments where we approach Jesus and we're like, God, what's going on here? Because I'm feeling like I need some assistance from somebody. And Martha, man, she gets the loving response from Jesus, doesn't she? She just gets a, I mean, it feels like a whooping, but it's the loving response from Jesus. Jesus answered and said, verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Which is to say, he says that you are worried and troubled about many things. And then he says, but one thing is needed. And I think what, what, what this is, this is, when I got this, this was such a profound revelation for me because I, I, I've heard people come at this from a, from a different direction and say, you know, this is a great excuse for me to just sit at the feet of Jesus. But, but you understand what Jesus is, he, to just sit at the feet of Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? People just be there at the feet of Jesus, and that's important. There's no doubt about it, but it can't just stop there. And, but Jesus says, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. As if it is to say that it's not bad that you are serving, but you're missing something in this moment right here. Some people will use even this passage as an, an excuse to be lazy in their Christianity. You know, um, once, once upon a time, there was a guy who came and preached. His name's Marcus Witt. He preached a sermon on the four different types of worship, man. I, one of them was, a, was an eagle, man. I just think of the people who are like eagles. They're just, they just love to soar and worship and just get lost in God. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Pastor Daniel's got a, the lion. Like, he's the lion. He like, you, you play those minor notes, and he's like, yeah, let's go to war, man. Let's go to war. You got like, what is it? The eagle, the lion, the man, and the calf. And the calf, right? Right? And the calf is like the, the jumper. You know, it's like, I like to jump and worship. The calf. Yeah. Okay, I'm like, I'm like making a fool of myself right now. But anyway. 
Yeah, and, and then the man is like, you know, the, the, the songs, I just love the songs that are like, Lord, I need your help. I'm holding on to you. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and I just picture like the people who are like the eagles. I mean, if you're an eagle, great. Praise the Lord. I'm like an eagle. I'll just sit and just get lost. In fact, that used to be my primary worship, man. Before I, um, before I uh, really even, I just got saved and I kind of just knew how to play the piano. The way I would go and sit before the Lord is I would come home from school after I, was, I got saved in my senior year of high school, I would come home from school, and I don't really know how to spend time with God, but what I did know how to do was, was go and learn the piano a little bit, and I would learn the piano. I remember learning four chords, and once I learned those four chords, and, and, and really this is the basis for, I mean, just sparked my love for worship. I would just come home from work, I mean from school. I, I feel like crying right now, but anyway. I would come home from school, and I just began, I just sit down with the Lord, and I would just play the four chords and just sit there. Huh? No, you can't hear the four chords. Not right now. Later. <laughs> and I would, just, I, I would just sit there with the Lord and I would just get lost. I, I didn't have to say anything. I would just play the four chords and my heart would just open up. Tears would begin to fall. And that was like, man, I, I'm, I, loved, I loved that kind of stuff. But, and, and, and Jesus is saying, it's, it's important, it's important, Mary, yes, that you serve, but one thing is missing. One thing is needed. It's important that you serve, Martha, that, that there's no doubt about that. Okay, but right now, there's one thing that is needed, and this Mary has found. He says that Mary has chosen that good part, and I, and that, that word chosen really jumps out to me, because Spending time with Jesus, it's a choice that you got to make. A lot of people think that, man, God's just going to help me and I'm just going to magically find that place with the Lord. No, you got to fight for that place with the Lord. You got to choose that place with the Lord because otherwise other things are going to swallow up your time. But it's that, it's that, it's that intentionality. It's that intentional movement you make to position yourself where you can spend time with Jesus. Maybe it's waking up earlier in the morning, or maybe it's instead of watching that movie, you spend time with Jesus. I'm not saying neglect the things in your life that are, that are needed. I'm not saying you just say, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to choose to not go to work today and spend time with Jesus. No, you, you got to provide. You got to provide for your family. Otherwise, you're, you're no better than a sinner. That's what the Bible says. You provide for your family. But I'm saying that you have to choose to spend time with Jesus. And some of us, some of us have, I mean, you guys, many of you have been serving Jesus longer than me. I'm going on 10 years right now, but you guys have learned to do that. And, and it's something that, that I'm learning and, and teaching that you have to choose. Otherwise, everything else will swallow your time. If you do not find what is the first thing, the first thing comes, uh, the, the first thing in our life must be with Jesus because if it doesn't, I'm not saying you got to wake up. Man, I used to be so stinking religious. I'd be like, I got to eat the word of God before I ever eat breakfast. I mean, I, I'm saying, uh, hear where I'm coming because there's absolutely nothing wrong with having that mindset. But I got to the place where I was like, man, the first thing I do in the morning before I take a shower, brush my teeth, I got to spend time with Jesus. I got to pray for 10 minutes. And before you know it, those habits that you've made have only become a habit and not a relationship out of genuineness. 
And I would even, I would even have times where I'd be, I'd be spending time with the Lord in the morning and my wife would come out and she'd be like, want to snuggle? You know, just come and snuggle. No, I, I, I'm, I'm praying, you know, and I'd be so uptight about my prayer time and about my reading the word time that I would not, I, you guys don't hear what I'm saying, but this is real for me. And I was like, my goodness, I'm so religious. I'm so stinking religious. Because yes, Jesus is the first part of my life, but it's a genuine Christianity that whether I, whether I wake up in the first, first moment of my life, I mean, yes, I'm going to give praise to God when I wake up. Thank you for another breath of air this morning. God, thank you. Okay. But if I, if I, if I don't have my 15 minutes of prayer or my 30 minutes in the word, the the world's not going to come crumbling down. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Maybe you should eat breakfast and drink some coffee. You grumpy thing. You. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Some of you guys are like, why is my time with Jesus so miserable? It's because you're miserable when you wake up, man. Come on. You got to have time with Jesus. There's no doubt about it. And it's a choice. It's a choice. I, I do think it's important to spend time with Jesus in the beginning of the day. While it was still dark, Jesus arose and began to pray. He went off and prayed. I really believe it's key in our lives. It's important. It's something that we should have a part of. Life. But don't do it out of religion. And don't do it as like, man, it's got to be this way and this way and no other way. Otherwise, I'm just not having the sanctified time with Jesus. If my wife comes in and wants to snuggle, slap yourself, man. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I, I, need, I needed Jesus. I, I still need Jesus. But it is a choice, ladies and gentlemen. It is a choice. It's something we have to choose. It's like you have to choose to spend time with your family instead of doing all the things you got to do. You got to choose. All right. Jesus says, and this will not be taken away from Mary. What will not be taken away? I... You all know the difference between, um, you guys know those moments, and, and hopefully they're every day, but you have those moments with Jesus where, man, you just come out of that time with God, and you're like, wow, that marked me. That really marked me. And man, I just, man, I can think of times, I, I, maybe you can too, you can think of times back, you know, previous, and, and, and maybe it's, it's, it's hopefully it's not going to stop, but you think of times previous, man, I can think of one specific time where I was in my bedroom, man, and the Lord just really touched me. No one can take that experience away from me. That experience at the feet of Jesus and, and having the impartation for God, no one can take, man, it just brings tears to your eyes when you begin to think of the love of God and how much he has touched you, how much he loved on you. That thing cannot be taken away. That is nothing, that, that can never be stripped away by someone who try and come and spill their, their, their defilement all over me. No, I can remember the time defilement be broken off and I can remember the time where I spent time with Jesus and I can go to that place and I know that I can find security and wholeness and refreshing in God. No no one can take that away from me. That place with Jesus, it's mine and Jesus. Nobody can take that away from me. Uh, you got to have that place. So God's speaking to us tonight. A couple things that I see. The first one is that we need to make a place for Jesus in our homes. Personal time, and, and I think as well family time. I know me and my wife could do a better job of doing the family thing. And spending time worshiping Lord together, you know, we just 
got to line it up. You got to make that choice. You should let worship permeate your home. Let worship be, be, be in your home. Some people never throw on, you know, music and just let worship play. Just let worship play and, and just, you know, instead of throwing on your 50 cent or whatever, you know, instead of throwing on your, I don't know, Frank Sinatra, whatever you, I don't know what you play, you know, throw on some worship, man. Just worship the Lord. Let worship fill your home. Bust out your instrument if you play the instrument. Start playing in your home. Just worship. Sing in the shower, man. Some of you guys, that's the only place you feel comfortable singing. Sing in the shower. Sing in the shower. (laughs) I don't sing in the shower very often, but when I do, it's awesome. (laughs) If you haven't blessed your house yet, you should bless your house. You know, some of you guys are like, you're singing, you, you know, you just no peace in your home. It doesn't feel like it's a nice place to spend time with Jesus. Maybe you should bless your house. Not, not maybe, you should bless your house. You should go slinging oil all over the, the window seals, all over the doors. You should, you should bless your children's rooms. You should consecrate your house. You make it a place that is, that is set apart for the Lord. Your house should be a place that is, is, is pleasing to the Lord. And have that quality time. The second thing is be careful of distraction. And I think we're, we're all aware of the, the things can be distractions. Cell phones can be distractions. Lord, help us. Sometimes, um, you know, when we're walking on water and our, 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 our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we're walking in faith. Sometimes the wind and the waves would try and come and distract us. You got to be careful to keep your eyes on Jesus. It's important. This, the things of this world will, will rob us. They'll rob us of our time with Jesus. And we got to, I believe that we have to create structures in our life and, and really set in motion some things that, that really um, make room for our time with Jesus, make room for our time with the Lord. Um, but not out of re- religiosity, not out of a place of, man, that, that your, your habit has now become the habit instead of, man, the, the thing that you've done to position yourself before the Lord. Like I was talking about my wife where, where I would make the habit that every morning that, that I would spend time with Jesus and if my wife came in like you're not touching my habit and what it is is that's not like that's not like genuine time with the Lord that's your habit all right I'm making sense to somebody I think the third thing is that we should we should be free to approach the Lord with our frustrations I one thing I I love about Martha is that she, you know, maybe it's because she was so fed up that she went and approached him, but, you know, sometimes that's how we get, but we should never be shy about taking our needs to the Lord. I think that sometimes we are, um, we're in the habit of taking our needs to people before we take our needs to God. That sometimes we look to man's wisdom when truly what we need is the Lord's wisdom. I'm all for, I'm all for the, the multitude of the counsel and the wisdom that comes from that. I'm all for that. But if that is always what you do and you never actually see seek the wisdom of the Lord directly, you're missing out. You're missing out. I, I, that almost could, did, maybe I'm wrong, but it, I think it probably could slip into codependency as well, where you're, you're relying on other people instead of drawing from the Lord. We should approach the Lord. And, and don't hear me wrong. I, I believe in, in seeking wisdom from others. And I do. I do. But sometimes we run off to people before we ever ask God. Some of you guys could, 
Some of us, man, sometimes we could just get our answer if we just seek the Lord. We wouldn't have to go and ask 15 people. The fourth thing I see is that we should serve from a place of satisfaction in his presence. Serve from a place of satisfaction in his presence. We need to have it in order. We hope that God would come and, you know, and I, and I believe he does. He's merciful and he's gracious to us. We believe that God is going to come and, 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 and help us out through the day. But I think he, he wants to energize us. He wants to give us what we need for the day. He wants to place in our hands the tools that we need for that day. But it, we, we're not going to do that unless we seek for it. I think that many times we serve without the, the satisfaction of being in God's presence. We serve without that fingerprint on every single day that I've been with God. We serve without that, that radiance of, you know, Moses had the glow of the Lord when he came off the mountain. I believe the same thing happens to us when we come out of the presence of God. There's something different. We look different. We act different. We respond different. There's a smile on our face. We're joyful. Amen. I think we gotta, we have to be intentional about that. Serve from a place of satisfaction in his presence. Minister Micah, if you come. The fifth thing is we need to make the good choice. Jesus said that Mary had chosen rightly, and that was in that moment to sit at the feet of Jesus. I think that, I think that absolutely we have to have an expression to our faith through serving. You know, um, Abraham, it said it wasn't, it wasn't just merely the fact that he had faith, that it was accounted to him for righteousness. Yes, it was his faith, but it was his faith through his actions, believing that God was going to provide when he took Isaac to lay him on the altar. You guys know what I'm talking about. It wasn't merely his faith, for faith without works is dead. Faith without that is dead, and I believe in making the choice and believe in serving, but also we have to make the choice to spend time with Jesus, to have that re-energizing. Some of you tonight, you are weary. You're in a place of weariness. You got cloud all around you and you feel like, man, I just feel like a wet blanket's over me. I feel like I can't get traction. I feel like every time I try and put my foot one step ahead, I just feel like I'm sliding backwards. And it is because you have not found the place in the Lord and that satisfaction, that re-energizing, that inspiration that flows from time with the Holy Spirit, time with Jesus, spending time in his presence, and you are not finding that traction. The Lord wants to bring you into that place tonight and just re-energize you renew you just begin to work upon your heart tonight I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a word to a lot of people tonight but I really believe that there's some people here tonight a lot of people you are weary you are weary but I tell you tonight do not grow weary in well doing doing for in due time you will reap a harvest if you faint not draw close to the Lord find a place that place in Jesus look forward to that time with the Lord set out carve out a time where you can spend time with Jesus yes you alone with the Lord but also with your family teach your children to draw upon the Lord to be re-energized in the presence of the Lord We need to make that choice. You know, sometimes we, we make hard choices for a lot of different things, but we need to make choices for God. We need to make choices in our lives that, that promote godliness. Sometimes are the, those are difficult. I was in high school. You know, I didn't know much. I still don't know much. I know a little more than I did when I was in high school. When I first got saved, I had tears in my eyes flowing down my face as I talked to Pastor Josh, who was my youth pastor. 
talking to him and saying, Pastor Josh, I have such a dilemma and I do not know how to handle it. I know I gotta be, I need to be in church on Wednesday night because this is a source for me. I gotta be on church on Wednesday night, but I was in, I was in varsity baseball and I was a starting, I was a starting, I was a starting player. And, and I knew that if I wasn't there on Wednesday night, I would probably not be able to play. I would probably be sat on the bench. And I, I cried in front of Pastor Josh. I said, Pastor Josh, I don't know what to do. I have such a hard decision because I know that I made this commitment to be there and play baseball and to do that. But I know I got to be in the house of God because there's so much that wants to rip me away from, from God. And I know I have to be here to be re-energized on a Wednesday night. And I had to make a hard choice. I chose to talk to my coach and I said, coach, I'm sorry, but I cannot be here at, at practice on when we practice Monday to Friday, every day after school, every day for hours, for hours, because we were committed. And I tell you, we went to States every single year, undefeated. Most of the years, one, one season, we lost one game and we were intense. It was, it was very an amazing thing that, that changed my perspective on life, no doubt. But I told my coach, I said, coach, I'm sorry. I know it may jeopardize my position. I know that you may sit me on the bench, but I have to be at church on Wednesday night. And that was a hard choice for me. And I, and I refuse to just, just do that because, you know, that's just something we got to know. I got to be in church. That was the decision I had to make. Something that affected my life profoundly and, and set me on, on a trajectory, on a course that changed my life. That decision, you know, I didn't get to start anymore. I, I, was, I was playing third base, I was playing first base, I would bat, you know, and I'd get to play here and there, but even out of that, I didn't get to play like I was playing, but here's what happened. The Lord even honored me and gave me and let me, uh, allowed me to do my favorite thing was to bat. I had a 500 batting average, which is, which is pretty decent, which means you get on base half the time, which is impressive, most people it's 200, but the Lord gave me favor and allowed me with accuracy to play and to, and to hit. And they made me the DH for a guy who couldn't hit. And for what a DH means is a designated hitter. I played every single game, even though I made that choice. I played every single game and I batted every single I bat from that point on. You make the choice. You make the choice in your life to put God first. You make the choice in your life to put yourself in a position where God is honored and you watch what happens. You're not gonna lose out. You're gonna have the favor and the fingerprint of God on your life and he's gonna bring you through the other side. You just watch, you just watch, you just watch. So tonight, be encouraged, be encouraged, but find that place. Some of you guys are there, man. You're there and you are feeling inspired, man. You're on top of the world right now. But I tell you, there's times where it feels like we're walking through mud. And I would say, you feel like you're walking through mud. Where is your relationship with Jesus? Where are you in your, in your personal time and the re-energizing that you find with the Lord? Are you finding your satisfaction in that time with Jesus? Because we all get busy. We all get distracted, but we got to refocus. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet, lift your hands to heaven. Just begin to thank God all across this place. Come on, just thank Him for everything He's done for you. God, we just give you praise tonight. We give you glory tonight. 
We thank you, Lord, for your satisfaction that you bring to us. We thank you, Lord, for your grace on our lives. Lord, that we will make the hard choice. We will make the choice to set you first in our life. Maybe it's not in the first in the morning because something unexpectedly came up. Lord, maybe something that distracted us. But, Lord, we make a choice, Lord, to put you first, to organize our life in such a way that we can spend time with you, that we can put you first in our life, that we can sit at the feet of Jesus and not use that as an excuse to not serve, but to sit at your feet, Lord, and be renewed in your presence to be refreshed. I just pray right now for a refreshing, a refreshing tonight, a refreshing tonight, a refreshing tonight. If you've been weary, you just feel like, man, I have been weary. I've been walking through something. I am feeling tired, spiritually just exhausted. I want you to come right now. I want to lay hands on you. Just step out right now. Come to the front. You're just feeling weary. You're feeling like, man, I need a re-energizing. I need a fresh boost of faith. I need something right now because things are feeling slow. They're feeling wearisome. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hands. Come up here. Lift your hands to heaven. Just begin to ask them to refresh you. Come on. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, just ask him, God, refresh me. Refresh him, Lord. Refresh him, Jesus. Oh, I pray, oh God, every assignment of the enemy that has tried to come in and disrupt and distract, we silence it tonight in the name of Jesus. And we declare, Lord, that it is going to be a breakthrough in lives tonight. I just command weariness to go. I I command drought to go. Lord, even the, even the rain that has been held up, I command it to come forth in the name of Jesus. Lord, that fresh inspiration would come. Pastors, ministers, just come lay hands on these right now. Just begin to lay hands. Pray for God's refreshing. Lord, we ask for refreshing tonight. God, the weariness. The weariness. I pray, Lord, that you bring refreshing right now. Bring refreshing. A rekindling of the fire. Oh, that the enemy would try and come and put a blanket on your fire. But the Lord is re-energizing you tonight as you have even placed in your heart, even as the message was preached, placed in your heart to move forward and to do what God has called you to do, come hell or high water, as you have purposed in your heart, the Lord is going to bring you into a place of satisfaction where you will find yourself unexpectedly led beside still waters and laying down in green pastures and having the satisfaction of the Lord come upon you. I thank you, Jesus, tonight. Rekindle that fire. Rekindle that fire. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh, bring a refreshing, Lord. Bring a refreshing. Jesus. Bring a refreshing. Bring a refreshing. Jesus. Oh, bring a refreshing. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. God, we commit to you tonight to not get distracted. Not to be led astray from our first love. Lord, yes, you've called us to so many different things in our lives, our families, our workplaces, the different areas, Lord, that you have us. But God, we don't want to lose our intimacy. We don't want to lose that place with you tonight. Reveal distractions, Lord. Reveal distractions, things that would suck us away, would pull us away from that which is important. We thank you tonight. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed all across this place, people praying. If you're not right with the Lord tonight, you're not walking in that personal relationship with Jesus, but you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, if that's you, I want to invite you to just get right with the Lord tonight. Make Him the Lord of your life. Surrender yourself to Him tonight. Maybe you've done that before and You've just been walking on the wrong path for a while now and you want to come back to him. If that's you, get right with the Lord tonight. Maybe you want to get right with the Lord for the first time tonight or maybe you want to recommit. If that's you, you say, Pastor Alex, I want to get right with the Lord tonight. Just slip up your hand right now. Can I see it? I see that hand. Anybody else? You want to get right with the Lord tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Please forgive me for everything that I've done. I know you died on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. And I know you rose again so I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Help me to find that personal place with you that I could continually walk in relationship with you give me a boldness to preach the gospel give me the strength to pursue the calling on my life I love you Lord thank you for all you've done for me in Jesus name now lift your hands to Jesus Holy Spirit come touch these tonight afresh we thank you Lord we thank you Lord for your fresh touch tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your fresh touch tonight. Holy Ghost, come. Minister to the needs, Lord, of your people tonight. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody just praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, grab hands with the person nearby you tonight. Did you get something from the Lord? Amen. Come on, grab hands with somebody nearby you. We're going to pray for them. Come on, pray. Pray for your neighbor that they would be used by God this week. Lift your voice. Minister Chris, would you come close us in prayer? Minister Chris, come close us in prayer. Come on, lift your voice. Let's pray. Come on, pray for that person on your left and right. God, we lift up. Our neighbors tonight, we thank you, Jesus, for the word that was spoken, the truth, Lord God, that was spoken. 
Thank you, Lord God, just for the encouraging word of just seeking you wholeheartedly, not some religious experience, not some formula, not some habit, but God, we desire tonight with open hearts to know who you truly are. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do. Thank you, Father God, for having your hand upon us. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us. Even as we go home, we don't have to just wait to come to church or a small group or hear a podcast in order to get a word from you. But God, as we seek you, as we read your word, as we pray, as we just spend alone time with you, you, Lord God, would show up and talk to us, speak to us. We thank you for that person on our left and right. Thank you, God. Have your hand upon them. Protect them wherever they go, whatever they do. Be blessed right now in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't miss Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, ministry to the whole family. We love you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Glory. Amen.